Hello, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dr. Louise, and today we are exploring the question, how do I get my partner to understand that my family member is toxic? So a lot of survivors uh, face some challenges when it comes to our partners. Um, it's, it's a weird thing to have toxic family, especially if they have toxic parents, right? This is not the most common experience in the world. And sometimes our partners, although they love us very dearly, uh, they just don't, they don't get it. (laughs) They don't understand what we're doing with our boundaries. They don't understand why our boundaries are important. They don't understand why we don't get along with our parents, right? This is especially bad if, uh, or bad might be the wrong word. It's especially challenging if your partner comes from a family that is super functional, right? Where people really take care of each other and they really make space for each other to have feelings and they don't get into fights pointlessly and they don't have to deal with all this toxic behavior. That can make it hard for a partner to understand and effectively navigate what a survivor needs in in their relationship. So, you know, this topic was inspired by a survivor I recently met with um, who was just, you know, just struggling, just struggling to get that partner to really get on the same page, to really understand what the heck was going on and why, you know, maybe this partner was uh, falling victim to some of the tactics of the toxic people. There can be a lot of big challenges here, right? Um, we could have issues with our partner's ego getting in the way and having them say like, okay, yeah, I'm not going to be, you know, do you think I'm weak? Do you think I'm, I'm going to be susceptible to these manipulation tactics you're describing to me, right? Even when we sit down and we try to like explain like, okay, you know, my, my parent is a narcissist or my parent is toxic. These are the kinds of things they do the the partner might not really understand what we're saying right maybe they can repeat back what we're saying they can they can make the list they can say okay gaslighting okay psychological manipulation okay triangulation but that doesn't mean that they actually get it it doesn't mean that they they know what it's like to live through those experiences And that can make them more vulnerable to some of the crap that toxic people dish out. So as a survivor, if you have a partner who is is struggling to kind of sort these things out and is struggling to hear what you're saying, um, there's, there's several things you can do to kind of work with that partner and help them to, to understand on a deeper level, kind of what's going on and the best way that they can kind of navigate that situation. So today I'm going to, I'm going to drop the three things that I think is uh, particularly helpful. You know, my own journey, I I have a toxic mother-in-law, but my partner, when I first met him, he didn't know, he didn't know that. He thought that his parents were the best, the best, (laughs) the best. Um, And they are not the best. In fact, Uh, he had just kind of, you know, been fed a certain narrative his whole life. And he, hadn't had the space to, to be really critical of that and really think through whether it made sense. And it was through, we've been together something five years now. I'm bad at these things. Um, something like five years now. 
And over that time, he'd walked the whole, the whole journey from, I don't even know that they're toxic to no contact. That's a huge, that's a pretty quick progression. I'd say five years. Um, and that's a really big, big shift. So some of the things I'm going to talk about today are things that I learned along that journey, kind of walking with him on that. Right. And because it was about his parent in that situation, I was gentle. I was not like, um, you know, you, you have to understand this. It was his business and I was there to support and to walk with him on that journey. Um, so, you know, that's, it's a different thing. It's a little bit different if you're going to try to help your partner understand that their family member is toxic. Survivors might find themselves in these situations, right? It's, it's not, I don't think it's super uncommon, right? As survivors for better or for worse, it seems like when we've engaged with one toxic person, uh, we seem to be engaging with others in various aspects of our lives. So you might find yourself in the same position that I did. But of course, in addition to figuring out, discovering that my partner's mother is toxic, there was also the business of addressing the fact that my mother, I was no contact with when I first met my partner. And then um, through the time I have been with my partner, I also came to the realization that my father is toxic and have gone no contact with him. So all of that is just to say, I, I've dealt with these issues a lot. <laughs> Um, a lot of interesting uh, relationship dynamics that come up as you're as you're navigating this sort of territory. So the couple points I have here today, hopefully that will help you um, if you're in any version of those sorts of things. If you are working with a partner and trying to navigate toxic people in some way, shape, or form, these steps can help. Okay, so the first one. This is especially true if you have, like, let's say you have a toxic parent and your partner just is not getting it. <laughs> you tried to explain it, the partner's not getting it. I, I want you to really step back and I want you to remember that it took you a lot of time to sort out that this person is toxic. Okay, it, it probably took you something like decades to do that. Right. We don't, we don't walk out of the womb being like, yep, that lady, I just came out of that toxic. <laughs> like we don't, we don't do that. It takes time. It takes a lot of, uh, you know, what I might call experimentation where we're trying to get the person to like us and we're, we, you know, we're like, okay, well they didn't like that. Maybe if I do this, then they will like it. Or maybe if I do that, then they will act different. Right. We, we walked a long journey to get to the place where we're like, you know what, this is just, this, the problems with them, they're the issue. They're toxic. That stuff doesn't come quick. And it's really important when you're the survivor and you're trying to understand um, or you're trying to like help your partner get to that place. You've got to notice that you're trying to get them to do something in a much faster timeline than even you executed, at least most likely, right? Now, the good news here is the your partner is probably go, not going to need decades to figure this out, right? The, your partner has your support. You're there with them. You're giving them the framework. You're helping them maybe learn the, the terminology, get the framework down, helping them maybe understand why some of their experiences with this person are off or are weird. So you're their support. You're 
going to accelerate their timeline in understanding this truth. And it might not be as fast as you hope, right? You might be frustrated along the way at the pace that, of understanding we're going, but it, it will be faster than the decades maybe it took you to recognize your parent was toxic. So that's good, but we gotta, we gotta honor the fact that we're still asking them to do something pretty quickly, right? Even compared to what we did. So it's going to be less time than us, but it's still going to take some time. Now, another encouraging thing here as a survivor is that most of our partners have some kind of desire to protect us. That's a normal thing. When we love someone, we want to protect them. Um, probably if you had toxic parents, they didn't quite have that protection instinct, but I'm here to let you know, it's pretty normal <laughs> when a human being loves another human being that they want to protect them and they want to keep them safe. So that's really going to play to our favor as survivors. You know, partners have this desire to protect us. So once they really do realize that this parent or this toxic family member is all about causing us, the survivor, harm, that urge to protect will help them act quickly. Okay, once they really understand it's not just a misunderstanding, it's not just that person was having a bad day, when they see that there's a consistent pattern that's designed to hurt us, that will probably kick in a natural instinct on their part to be like, oh, this is messed up. We should stay away from this. Okay, they have to get to that place. They have to see it's a pattern. They have to see it's consistent. They have to see that there's no variable you can change that will impact the trajectory of the toxic person's choices. However, you have to recognize it it's it's up it's up to them it's up to the partner right you might be able to see it and you're like why are you not acting like the you know my toxic mom is doing the thing she always does that always makes me triggered always you know puts my ptsd up always has this really negative result in my life and you're allowed to feel frustrated. It is frustrating, okay? Like it is frustrating when you really understand something and you're watching someone make choices that negatively impact you and they're not getting it. And they're not protecting, like, right? They say they want to protect and then they don't. It's, it's frustrating. However, you need to trust your partner here and you need to recognize that eventually, once it clicks in their brain, once they have enough evidence, that desire to protect will kick in and it will probably be easier for them to then, you know, implement the boundaries or implement whatever their next steps are in navigating this situation. Okay, so my first point here is to remember it took you some time as a survivor to figure this out. Your partner is going to need that time as well, but don't despair because they probably are not going to need as much time as you did. Okay. So that's my first one. I got a couple other ones. I really want to bring to you that some really juicy ones here coming up, uh, but we're going to take a little pause and hear a word from our sponsor. All right. So our next tip is all about using your boundary setting skills. Okay, so I want you to recognize if you're if you're working with a partner who's who's on their own journey here, understanding that this family member of yours is toxic, I want you to remember your boundaries and remember your ability to establish boundaries as needed. Okay, so first thing to notice is that you can maintain boundaries 
with a toxic person in your life. Even if your partner needs to go on this exploratory journey to try to understand what's going on with a toxic person, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to compromise your boundaries. If you are no contact with your toxic mother and your partner feels it's necessary for them to investigate your mother for some reason, that doesn't mean that you have to violate no contacts. Okay, your partner can have a separate relationship with these people in your life than you do. You can have whatever boundaries you need to protect yourself and your partner can do what they need to so long as it is respectful of the boundaries that you have. Okay, so just because your partner needs to go learn these things doesn't mean you have to compromise your boundaries with toxic people. And then I want you to, to recognize you can set micro boundaries with your partner to protect your space as well. Okay, so you can keep your, your boundaries with the toxic people. And then as your partner goes on this journey, exploring what it might mean that their you know, mother-in-law or whatever is toxic, uh, you can put some boundaries up with your partner. Okay, boundaries are healthy. Boundaries are a good thing. Boundaries are a wonderful part of every relationship. Okay, it's not, I know we talk a lot about setting boundaries with toxic people here. And those are the kind of boundaries we have to set in order to keep ourselves safe, in order to, you know, avoid abuse, right? These are kind of like the extreme end of why we might need boundaries. When it comes to setting these micro boundaries with our partner, it's usually not as extreme. Or we're not setting that boundary because the person's not listening to us at all. Now we're setting that boundary because we need a little bit of space from the journey that this person is going on, right? So, so let's look at some examples of the kind of micro boundaries you might set with your partner if they're going on this journey. So you might tell your partner that you need a break from a topic for maybe like a set number of days, right? So let's say that your partner is deep into, um, I mean, basically being manipulated by your toxic mom, right? They don't understand that that's what's happening to them. Uh, you understand that, but in your attempts to get your partner to, to, to see this, they're, they're not getting it. And your partner, let's say they keep wanting to talk to you about it. They keep wanting to say, like, I don't understand why your mom does this. I don't understand why she said that to me. Why did she do this? You know, as a survivor, that can be super draining. It can be super triggering, right? It might remind us of conversations we've had with ourselves in the past. It might be more than we can or should be handling at any given moment. So if your partner has opted in to navigating this toxic person you are totally within your rights to be like, Hey babe, it's, I understand you're trying to figure this stuff out, but you know, it's, it's just, it's a little too much for me. So could we just take a break from talking about anything related to my mom for like the next week? I just need a week off. I, I need some space from this. I know it's really weighing on you, but you know, I've already walked this path. I need a break right? Nothing wrong with that. Your partner should not freak out. They might be frustrated because maybe they want your help with a thing, right? But just, you know, think about your kids or imagine if you had kids, right? Imagine that they're, they really want help with their homework. Okay. They're, they're trying to do like the science project. Let's say they're doing a science project. 
like, and you know, maybe you're not the best at science. I was not the best at science. There are very specific reasons I'm a philosopher, one of which is uh, science and I don't get along super well. So let's say that your, your kid has a science project and you've basically given them everything that you could give them to, to help them understand. But, you know, as it comes closer to being due, they're just constantly like on your back. They're like, hey, hey, I need help with this. I need help with this. And they're trying a million different ways to get your attention. And you know, as their parent, like, hey, it's going to be better for you to figure this out yourself. I've already done what I, what I can, what I should here. It's going to be better for you if you go try and just do your best. Okay. That's the kind of energy we might need to bring with our partner. Right. They want to talk to us about it. Our partner wants us to like explain it, help them get it because they're being, you know, they're getting flustered. They're confused about it. But right, that confusion, that being flustered, that is part of the journey to really understand what it means to be dealing with a toxic person. If your partner is truly interested in understanding, Right. If your partner is really here to learn that this person is authentically toxic, that they're not they're not doing any good for this relationship, they need to sit in that discomfort and they have to experience that. It sucks. It would be better if they didn't have to do it. But I mean, they opted into something right? like that. That's their business is their business if they want to do that. It does not mean that you have to be there for them to walk every single step of the path, every single time in every possible way. You get to set boundaries. So if you're in that place, I would strongly encourage you to work that micro boundary muscle. Okay, set, set parameters around when and how you're going to talk about the toxic person. Be really mindful of your own mental health as you navigate this. Sometimes... Our partners might be so wrapped up in trying to figure out the toxic person. Maybe they're not quite paying enough attention to uh, how it's affecting us. And that can suck. It can definitely suck as a survivor. But at the end of the day, you know, assuming you're an adult, you are in charge of your own experience, of your own feelings, of your own mental health. So if your partner isn't noticing that this is like, you know, making you more anxious, or maybe it's leading to a panic attack, or it's triggering you in some way. It's it's your job to say, hey, I need this little boundary. I need some space from this. This is not good for my mental health. If your partner loves you, you know, they might not like it at first, but they want what's best for you. They don't want to be causing you harm. So they should recognize the value of you asking for that and respect it. Okay, so use your boundary setting skills when you're trying to help your partner understand that the family member is toxic. Okay, so that was my second point. My third point, this one, this one is like, mm, this one's so good. This, this is powerful in so many ways as a survivor. It's very relevant here when you're thinking about communicating with a partner about toxic people. But this is like useful across the board. So what I want you to do is is I want you to go into teacher mode. I want you to recognize that you are the expert on this toxic person. 
You're the expert in your lived experiences with this toxic person. You've already walked the path where the things are confusing and don't make sense. You've already tackled a lot of the big questions that your partner might be facing. You are like PhD level when it comes to navigating this specific toxic person. Okay. And your partner might be like high school level. Okay. You're like a PhD. They're like a high schooler. Okay. They kind of know a little bit about the world. They kind of, you know, they read in a book a little bit, maybe because you gave them some notes, right? But they, they are not at your level for this particular topic. Now with great knowledge comes great responsibility. So if you're sitting over here, PhD level expertise, you've got to recognize that your high school partner, (laughs) your partner over here, not at the same level. You've got to recognize that they are in the process of learning. Okay. So your job as the expert is to do what you can, what you can to help and encourage them. Okay. So it's, it's easy. It's easy. I'm telling you as somebody with a PhD, it is easy to look at the other people who are talking about the topic that you're an expert in and be like, oh my God, I cannot believe they said that. (laughs) Just be like, wow, that is wrong for so many reasons, right? You have these like big feelings of like, oh my goodness. (laughs) And you want to jump in and you want to be like, no, 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 that's wrong here. This is the way you should say it, right? But like I said earlier, that's, that's probably not the best process right? Just going in and correcting all of the ways your partner is talking about your toxic family members, probably not the best solution. And when we are in teacher mode, right? Sometimes our students get discouraged, right? Maybe your partner might start to get frustrated or feel stuck or feel hopeless about trying to deal with this. And that can be scary. Ooh, that can be scary as a survivor. We often have issues kind of like abandonment issues. We have issues around like trusting that the people that love us are going to stay with us, that they're going to show up for us. If our partner starts to seem really discouraged, that can start to make us feel like, oh, well, maybe this is too much for them. Maybe they can't, they're not going to stick around. Oh, that's, that's scary. Those are scary thoughts as a survivor, scary thoughts. So what we want to do as the expert in the situation, right? We want to put our teacher hat on and we want to help our student, help our partner recognize the good work that they've already been doing, right? We want to help them see like, I know it doesn't make sense yet. I know it's hard, but look at how far you've already come. Right? We want to we wanna use our, our expertise to make observations about the progress they've made, right? This might look like, let's say your partner two months ago was like, oh, you know, your mom's not toxic. Like she probably just had a bad day. Okay. And then they went and did a bunch of stuff with a toxic mom to try to figure out if that was true. And two months later, they're like, I think your mom might be a little off. <laughs> like that's actually a huge shift. That's a huge shift, okay, to be like, ah, it was just a bad day to like, whoa, okay, that's a little weird. That's that's an important step in the process. As an expert, you know that those are the kind of shifts that you got to take, right? You know 
that there's going to be those sorts of steps along the way. So you want to bring your partner's attention to those shifts. You want to help them keep perspective on where they are in the journey and where they're going. Okay. And you want to try to keep it positive. It's better for you if they're feeling more optimistic that they're going to get through this. It's better for them if they're feeling more optimistic because most likely it will accelerate their, their journey, right? If you're feeling really like overwhelmed and negative and like, oh, it doesn't make you a faster learner, okay? It's, it's, not, it's not conducive to learning. So we want to keep this kind of positive energy. And as the expert, you are in a great position to help bring that to the table. It's really important when you can see something that your partner can't, right, because of your expertise in toxic people, it is so important that you be very gentle. Okay, don't give in to that urge to be like, why aren't you getting this? <laughs> I mean, I felt that urge. I have felt it. It is a part of me. But I try not to give in to it, right? I want to recognize like I am in a privileged position where I already understand a lot of this. Okay. And I fought hard to get to that place. Okay. But I'm, I'm seeing the situation from a very different place than my partner. It's not that my partner is lazy. It's not that my partner is, you know, not so smart. It's, it's none of those things. It, it's just, we're in different places on the journey and I need to be patient. I need to be kind. And if I'm going to bring my partner's attention to the fact that they may not be seeing things um, as accurately as they could, I want to be very diplomatic. I want to be very gentle. I want to make a suggestion. I don't want to come in flying hard and be like, you don't get it. You've made mistakes. Okay. That's just not going to be the most productive in this situation. I'm trying to help my partner realize this very difficult truth. I do not want to go in and start beating them up. It's just not going to help them learn. It's not, it's not going to be helpful. Another really big thing that you gotta, if you're going to be in teacher mode, if you're going to really recognize that you're at the PhD level of, of understanding this particular toxic person, you've got to trust that your student is trying and going to eventually do this. You have to trust your partner. You have to trust that they're going to push through, that they're going to do the work. You have to trust that they're not going to leave because this is too hard. You have to trust that this is going to work out. I know, I know how hard that is. We have not had very many reliable people in our lives as survivors, or we have at least had enough unreliable people that it's easy to assume everyone is going to be like that. Okay, but it, there's a reason this person is your partner. You have opted in to this relationship. Trust is so important in every relationship. And this is a time where you really have to trust this person. You have to trust that they are walking the path, that they are trying their best, and that eventually, over time, they're going to see the things that you're talking about. They don't have to do it overnight. It's not reasonable for you to expect them to get it overnight. Okay, it took you years. Give them some space. Let them work through it and trust. Trust that they can. 
Cause you know, I, I can tell you from my own experience, you know, my, I've had partners that didn't get it. My, my toxic ex did not get it. Whoo. He did not get it. <laughs> not even close. You know, so I've had, you know, I've had both experiences where my partner didn't, didn't get it. And now I have a partner who not only gets it for my family, but also understands it for his own. Right. So it is absolutely possible to go from zero all the way to fully understanding. Now you have to be careful as a survivor when you're, when you're choosing your partner, when you're interacting with your partner, if it is a deal breaker for you that your partner, you know, does it, does understand that your family is toxic and they don't seem to be able to do that. Those are questions you're going to have to ask yourself about whether this relationship is the right one for you. But, you know, it's important to give it time. It's important to keep in mind all the stuff that we talked about here and really, you know, recognize that it's hard. It is so hard to understand that you're dealing with a toxic person. You might not recognize how hard it is at this point in your journey because you've probably figured it out for a while, right? You already kind of know. You've already you've already done the work. But one of the tricky things about being an expert is to put yourself back in the shoes of when you started. Remember how weird and confusing it was back then? That's where your partner is. Okay, they're a little bit, they've got some support from you. But it's one thing to be told that this is what's happening. It's another thing to realize that through lived experience. You know, the process here for getting your, your partner to, to recognize that there's a toxic family member, it's going to be really specific to the couple. I've given you some general things here, but this is this is a specific issue, right? It depends on the dynamics of you and your partner and like what else you're carrying in your life. So, you know, if you have the resources to work with a coach, I can work with you one-on-one -on -one to craft a doable plan to both keep you safe as a survivor and to help your partner realize the situation that you guys are in. If you're interested in that, you know, you can head over to my website. If you, if you go to the top right, you'll see a tab that says work with me. It's just empowermentthroughthought.com. I'd love to chat with you. I'd love to hear about your experiences trying to navigate, um, you know, your partner understanding these really difficult situations. And I hope that you found this helpful today and I will catch you guys in the next one. Bye-bye.